0: Would you hold your Bible up in the air with me? Let's say it together. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 1? Book of Acts chapter 1. Beginning at verse 1, we're carrying on the series we began a number of weeks ago, talking about coming out of the resurrection and the 40 days afterward. In my former book, Theoph- Theophilus, Theophilus, how many of you can say that, Theophilus? Woo! You've got to speak in tongues to do that one. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you again for the moving of your Spirit all across this globe on Pentecost Sunday. Thank you that you are powerfully, powerfully at work in this day as you always have been, capturing the hearts and minds of your children, unveiling them to the truth, and bringing them to salvation. I thank you for the salvations that have taken place all across this globe today. And Father, I thank you for what you have in store for us this morning. Before we begin, I ask for a fresh anointing of your Spirit, Holy Spirit. Would you possess me again, my mind, my mouth, every part of me? I'll give you the freedom to flow through me and to say what I hear you say. And with the authority you've given in the name of Jesus, I bind up every demonic bird and I command you to release every person and be outside the walls of this building. You will not snatch any seed that is going to be sown. And Father, I thank you that you have prepared every heart. I declare revelation today, but Father, even more than that. I declare that you will plant inside of us your heart for a lost world. And so today, I trust you, Holy Spirit, to teach, to speak, to unveil. And I thank you again that you will be saying things that will not even come out of my mouth. Give us ears to hear in the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Well, how many of you here last Sunday for Mother's Day? How many? Man, does it seem like a long time ago last week? What is that about? Let me just straighten this up. That's not because we're getting older. That's because we're fitting too much in between the Sundays. Would you agree with me? That's what that's about. Because I know young people who have a hard time remembering too. So I'll just set you all free. Anybody who's older than 20, you are set free today in Jesus' name. Next Sunday... Uh, No next message, we're going to be talking about Pentecost. I'm not going to be talking about that today because I need to talk about one thing before we get there. So, just just so you know, we're not talking about Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday. Anybody not okay with that? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, all three of you? Go have coffee at McDonald's, would you? Go, you guys are set free. You'll get over it. So in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about that when we get caught up with this. But today, we uh, need to talk about uh, one, one other area before we get to Pentecost. A number of weeks ago, you remember we began talking about, um, how many days is it, by the way, uh, since the resurrection till today, even on our calendar? What, what is the day today? We've been talking about 40 days. How many is it today? 50 days, exactly right. So 40 days was 10 days ago. That's profound, isn't it? And then today's 50 days. So Pentecost was about 10 days after, uh, after Jesus ascended. We talked about what Jesus had to do in that 40-day period of time. We talked about some of the uh, different occasions. First of all, where he met them at the tomb. Second of all, met them on Emmaus Road. Uh, showed up in their room. Showed up a week later uh, to, to convince Thomas. Showed up at the seaside when they were fishing. Came on board. We talked about that two weeks ago. The restoring of relationship with Peter and uh, setting him back in the call of his life. Today, we are talking about what's known as the Great Commission. I want to read with you uh, just two accounts of this before we get into it. So would you turn with me? Where is the Great Commission? Where is it most commonly found? Anybody know? Book of Matthew. Let's go there to begin with. I want you to see it. The Book of Matthew, chapter 28. In fact, in the, uh, in the Bible, if you have the NIV and probably some of the other ones, it's labeled the Great Commission. Beginning of verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw them, they worshipped him, but some, what? Isn't that the craziest thing? Forty days appeared to them, miracles taught them, breathed on them the Holy Spirit, and here they are just before he's going to go. And the Holy Spirit make sure they write down here. But some doubted. We'll talk about that another time. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, I'm not preaching... On a pile of this, but if you are a teacher, can I just give you some key points in here? Number one, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. We could do a series talking about authority. And so I would encourage you to do some study on that. We're not going to talk about it. But the understanding where Jesus said, all authority has been given back to him. All that authority he's given back to you and I. We got back what Adam lost. We could talk about that, but we're not going to. Verse 19, he says, Therefore, as a result of, because I have authority and I'm giving that authority to you, therefore, one word, here's the Great Commission, what is it? Two letters? Go. If you forget everything else about this whole message on the Great Commission, if you can remember a two letter word, which is probably the most difficult thing the church has ever had to do, is the word go. I want to say this really clearly the church has been seduced into putting on a great production and believing the lost are going to come. Where is that found? That is called the great waiting, not the great commission. That's called the great waiting. The church hasn't been great waiting for a long period of time. And can I just say it clearly? There's a pile in the church who do the same. I'm waiting for the non-believer to cross my path. I'm waiting for them to ask me a question. I'm waiting for them to say, could you pray with me to receive Jesus? I'm waiting for them to come to me and get all of my revelation. I'm waiting. Just nobody's come in 50 years. Do you recognize the design in that? We're not going to talk about the great waiting today. We're going to talk about the great commission can be narrowed down to one two-letter word, which is go. I just want to tell you straight up before we get into it. Some of you, when you hear this message, you are going to hear it, and it is going to go right out the back of your head. And when you walk out of here, uh, the enemy would love it for nothing to change. I will never forget a number of years ago, we had a drama group that came in here. <clears throat> they gave this picture. They said when people walk into church, it's like they come in on their knees. They come in on their knees. They come into church. They hear a message about how God has given us the power to stand and the power to worship. And as they're hearing it, faith is increasing. And all of a sudden, one person takes the, 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 the risk And they stand up like this and pretty soon others are standing and pretty soon they're standing and worshiping and they're experiencing what they never have before, standing up on their knees and it's just awesome. And there's prayer and they commit their life to the God and at the end of the service they start walking out and they walk out of church and go, wasn't that an awesome service? I'm not even going to ask you how many times, how many times You've come and experienced something, but you've left exactly the same as you came because you left it here. I've done it. You've done it. I got to tell you today, I know that there is incredible spiritual resistance with what I'm going to share with you. I know that. And I know that for some of you, there is going to be such a battle. Some of you are going to be at lunch at Smitty's already while I'm still speaking. I know that. I would love it, okay? And I'll just say this, when we're doing deliverance ministry, one of the things we say to people is when we're doing deliverance, if there's any interference that goes on, if you come under attack, if you all of a sudden feel like you want to get up and run, if you want to swear at me, if, you want to, if, if, you, if your mind goes where your body, just stop me, interrupt, and we're going to pray and take authority and bring you back. We're going to shut it down. I wish I could do that in church here. Wouldn't it be amazing if every time one of you got on your phone and you were texting while preaching was going on, you would just raise your hand and go, I'm going to text now. Could you pray for me? We wouldn't pray for you. I'd lay hands on you and I'd lay hands on your phone. It doesn't work that way. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I, I, can I just say this? Can I just say this, though? I, I need to say how much I appreciate so many of you, not all of you, but so many of you, when you come in, you shut your phone off, you tuck it in your purse and, or your wallet, and you don't pull it out through the whole service. Can I just say, I, I feel incredibly respected by that. I believe God is so greatly honored by giving two hours, two and a half hours of non-interrupted Wi-Fi time. I, I really do. So I just want to say thank you to all of you who are so respectful and so conscientious. That is so honoring. I just, I want to say bless you for that. So today, just be prepared as we, as we talk about this um, for some reaction, for some interference that, to go on because I'll tell you straight up, the last thing that the enemy wants is for you and I when we walk out of here to get the word go as asbestos inside of us and going, the whole purpose of my life has been narrowed down to two letters. The whole reason I've been saved is narrowed down to two letters. why this is so radical is that it might require a bit of shifting in some of our lives. And how many of us are just jumping up and down going, change me! I'm ready for something different! No, no, the majority of us are going, don't you flip and mess with my comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? So today I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to do what my voice and my words could never do. And I recognize there will be a a number that the enemy is going to go, they'll be unchanged when they walk out. I I don't take that personal. Maybe the Holy Spirit does. I don't. Because it's not about me. So we talked about what had to happen in those 40 days. Can I just run down really quickly? One of them is Jesus had to get them to believe that a guy who was in the tomb three days, a guy who was torn, totally torn apart could come back to life again, and it still amazes me that after 40 days, here they are, he's going to leave, and some of them still doubted. it. That, that, that just amazes me, right? It doesn't amaze me. There are some of us who have been believers in the church for 30 years, and we still don't believe. So one of the great tasks that Jesus has is to get you and I to a point where we actually believe his word, because when we believe it, we'll start acting on it. We do not do what we know. We do what we believe. So when I believe that gluten affects me negative, I'm going to stop eating gluten. But when I know gluten affects me, but I don't believe it, I'm going to keep eating gluten. Sorry, I didn't mean to get personal. So what did he do? Number one, he had to come and get them to believe. He had 40 days to get them to believe. And can I just say my personal opinion? He came there... They went there, they were doubting. He gave them the Great Commission and all of a sudden they watch him lift off the ground and go in the cloud. I believe that last little encounter m- removed all doubt and went, "Wow, maybe he is who he said he is. I think just a lifting off would do it, don't you? It's just like for some people, they pray, they pray, they pray. They pray for their kids. Nothing happens while they're alive, they die. And at the funeral, their kids get saved. They're, they're still doing it even though they're on their way out. You know what I'm saying? Had to get them to believe, Number two had to get them to understand his word. I love it where he says he opened up their mind. He opened up their mind, and they understood. Can I tell you? We have to understand in order to communicate it. But before that, we have to understand it to be transformed by it. So we know the parable of the sower and the seed. They went out. They spread it all over the place. But it says those who landed on good soil, they understood the word. Can I just say this to you when you open up your Bible? Just say, God, I, you got to give me understanding because I can read it, read it, read it, read it, and if I don't understand it, I'm not going to get it. Give me understanding. I pray for that every Sunday. I pray for that everywhere around the world when I go. I pray, God, would you open up and allow them to have understanding of what's coming out, of what you gave to me. Help them understand it. And that understanding is transformation. So they had to believe and they had to understand. Third one is they had to understand their call. We'll talk about that today. Fourth one is, we talked about it two weeks ago, he had to restore relationship because Peter was one of his big dogs. He restored Peter back to his original call and position. Powerful that he did that. And number five today, we're going to be talking about the Great Commission. The Great Commission to go. I need you to turn with me to Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 14, and I, I I want you to see some of what else was captured by the Holy Spirit in the Great Commission. Say it again. Praise God. Praise God. Your phone is in the car. Somebody have a phone he could borrow? Beginning of verse 14, and Mark 16, it says this, Later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Can I just say this really quick? Why would we preach the good news to all creation? Why would we? Why would we preach it to trees? Why would we preach it to cows? Why would we preach it to the mountains? Why would we preach good news to all creation? Can I, can I just say... that It makes sense. Can I just say this? Do you, do you think that if I spoke to a tree, it could hear me? Can I just tell you when Jesus spoke to a fig tree, it hurt him? Can I tell you when you speak to plants and you bless them and you speak love over them, they hear you and they produce better. Can I tell you they're created to hear the voice of God. They receive life. They receive life. Farmers, talk to your soil. Pet owners, talk to your pets. Talk to your trees. How many of you are putting gardens in this year? Bless your gardens. Speak life over them. No, don't speak to your grass because then you have to cut it. Speak to your garden. Can I tell you one of the worst mistakes I ever made was fertilizing my lawn. But anyway. But look at this. Look what it says. Okay? Let's, let's get back to this. We're way off. Thank you, Chris, for, that way, for this derail. It says this, Go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. We can spend time. These signs will accompany those who believe. Can I just say this to you? If Jesus didn't hang around for 40 days and right before the ascension, we would not have had this portion. Can I ask you? Has this portion of Matthew, of Mark 16 affected your life? Let me just say what it says. This is Jesus. He's going, These signs will accompany those who have a master's degree from a university. How come you're not standing? Those who believe, here it is, in my name, they will what? Drive out demons. Let me say it again. John Alley said driving out demons is the lowest form of authority in a believer's life. What that means is, if you are a brand new baby believer, casting out demons should be just as common for you as anything else. We'll talk about that later. Number two, they'll speak in new tongues. Number three, they will pick up snakes into their hands Number four, they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. Number five, they'll place their hands on the sick, and they will get what? Well. I'm so thankful Jesus hung out for 40 days and dropped all of that on us to go, if I'm a believer, these are to be present in my life. God, you got to change me, because a pile of these aren't present. And God, you got to open me up, because I don't even believe them. Great commission. After the Lord Jesus spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, sat at the right hand of God. Then his disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them, confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied. All right. I need your help. The great commission in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said to them, Wait in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit comes. When the Holy Spirit comes, you are to go into your Jerusalem, into Judea, into Samaria, into all the ends of the earth. Can I ask you, what is your Jerusalem? What is it? What is your Jerusalem? Say again? Sphere of influence. Somebody said their workplace. Can I just say this? Our Jerusalem, for those of us who live in Camros and area, our Jerusalem is Cameroon's. If you are from Red Deer, your Jerusalem is in Red Deer. If you're from Holden, your Jerusalem is Holden. Day's land, doesn't matter where it is, your Jerusalem is the place where you are from. That's your Jerusalem. We could talk about Judea. We could talk about the place that is close by, surrounding area. We could talk about Samaria. And what is Samaria? That is the place that's outside of your influence, a place that you wouldn't normally go. Jesus is saying, I want you to go now where you wouldn't normally go, And then he goes after that, he goes to the ends of the earth. We need to begin by asking a question this morning. And as God and I were waiting on this, the Lord just laid it out really clearly. And this is what he said. He said, Call, he said, I'd like you to ask the people, first of all, all of the different things that have been tried, that we are aware of, that people have used to try and reach their Jerusalem, their Judea, their Samaria, to the ends of the earth. All the different things the church has tried to reach it. Can I just start with one? When I was in university, I heard of a guy, very creative. Uh, tracks were really big when I was in university, right? It's really cool that Ken was saying tracks, you know, they're, they're using that. There was one guy, you know this, he um, went into the washrooms and he'd unroll the toilet paper and then he'd roll it up and put a tract in, roll it up, put another tract in, roll it up. So when someone was sitting in there pulled out toilet paper to, to wipe, a tract would fall to the ground. They'd go, oh, what is that? They'd pick it up, and he was hoping people would be saved while they're on the throne. Okay? Now, that's creative, right? I need to hear from you things that people have tried to use in order to fulfill the Great Commission, which is the commission of go into all these areas. What has been tried? We're going to start with toilet paper. I want to hear him, Ken? Street. Street preaching. Someone said skits. Say again. Signs. Yeah. Say again. Treasure. Treasure. Treasure hunt, did you say? Hang on a second. How many of you know what a treasure hunt is? How many of you know? How many of you don't know? I mean, if you don't just raise your hand high. Don't be embarrassed if you don't know what it is. Okay, treasure hunt is you get a group come together, they wait on God, say, God, uh, where do you want us to go? All of a sudden, God shows them a yellow umbrella and somebody wearing a red sweater. You leave, you go, and you start looking around town until you find a yellow umbrella with someone wearing a red sweater, you go up to them and you believe the Holy Spirit's already prepared their heart for you to go share, and they go share, and the person gets saved. It's a treasure hunt. We might we might do that this fall. It's quite exciting, actually. Give me another one. What's been tried? Door-to-door. Can I say this? When I was in Bible school in 1979 to 1981 in Camrose, part of what we had to do is there was a survey that was being used for evangelism, and a friend of mine and I, we would go door-to-door in Camrose, and we'd say, we're just doing a religious survey, and we'd do the survey, and it was amazing how many people got saved, and amazing how many Bible studies began just by doing the survey in Camrose. 1979 to 81. How many of you have done door-to-door witnessing? How I many of you are scared that it just scares the living bejeebers out of you to go door-to-door witnessing? Yeah. You know what's really funny? What I saw is uh, there was a pile of you above 40 who went door-to-door and all the ones who scared the bejeebers were below 40. It's really interesting. You guys haven't been exposed to that. Whew. Scary as hell. Give me another one. What's been tried? Axe. Okay. Kindness. I'm going to be nice to my neighbor for the next 40 years, and I hope it opens up a door. TJ. Holy. Tattoos. Next Sunday, we're going to have a tattoo booth at the back. It's going to be mission and evangelism week. It's true, though, TJ. It's true. I was in line the other day and I saw this lady who had two tattoos down the back of her calves over here. It wasn't witnessing, but I'll tell you, it began a conversation. Holy. Huh? Preschool. Teach them when they're young. What else? Say again? Oh, my goodness, gorgeous you radical. Smiling. Did you have one? Sure. Guilt oh, guilt. Yeah, let's get there. <laughs> guilt and condemnation. Should I write Baptist beside there? Should I? <laughs> Caitlin. Oh, yeah, music. Yeah. Uh, I just said the other day, it was interesting, I... I ran into to someone again who is a Jehovah's Witness. Somebody had given them a Christian CD. They stuck it in their counter for a long time. They were going through a really hard time, depression. They pulled it out, turned it on, began listening to that praise music and they got saved. Holy Spirit got them. Woo! There's power in that. Jane was praying about that this morning. Man, music's not just music. I'll tell you, it's warfare. It's power. It's like, whoa! Josh. Yes. Camps. Josh, why did you do two in a row? Youth group. You're allowed to. Kevin. Keevan. oh yeah, yeah, a spirit booth, yeah, it's a booth, come and get your future read, they walk in and go, you're going to hell, (laughs) it's awesome, they get their attention just straight up, I love that, Colleen, Bible reading, no question, how many people have given people Bibles, what did you say? bribery (laughs) Colleen you and I will talk later okay (laughs) yeah isn't that good eh could you could you and I have that deal as well would you mind would you mind doing that Celine. Prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me another one. Ken. Huh? Sharing favor. Oh yeah. Yeah, Kathy. Radio. Radio and TV. And now internet, now the whole media thing. Yeah, what else? Heather? Camp meetings. Oh, tent meetings. Oh, yeah. Tent. How many of you know what the Sawdust Trail is? Sawdust Trail? Okay, it used to be in tent meetings years ago that they would put sawdust down because it was all dirt. And so when people got saved, they had to come walk down the sawdust in order to go to the front and get saved. So they called it the Sawdust Trail on your way to get saved. Dana. Friend of church. Yeah, invite them. That's radical, inviting. Yeah. Food. Oh, you're talking about reaching men, aren't you? If you feed them, they will. Josh. Huh? Listening. Oh, that's just radical. Oh, my goodness, Colleen. Is there power in the testimony? Yeah. Movies. Oh, yeah. How many of you have seen the movie Paul, by the way? Paul, raise your hand high. Paul, how many of you would recommend it go, it's a must see? That's what I thought. Okay. Chad. Huh? No. Work. You mean our work can be a witness? Oh. Wayne. Say again. Well, we need him for all of this stuff, but I'll just write him down. He's good to have a part of it. Okay, one more. Oh, yeah. Can I can I just say Mercy Ministry? Mercy Ministry. Yeah. Who uh, who is the um, who is the one person comes to our mind when we think about this? Yeah, Mother Teresa. Okay, okay. I could, I could, we could have another fifty, right? Okay. Now here's the question, guys. Here's the question. How old is Camrose? Hundred and some years old. How long have churches been in Camaros? Hundred and some years old. How much of Camaros is saved? Let me just could I throw this at you really quickly? We could fill up five more boards. How well has this worked to reach our Jerusalem? Not good. What the heck? The toilet paper is an amazing one. How come it didn't reach our Jerusalem? Let me, let me give this to you really quick. Can you imagine for a moment if Jesus came and said, you've got five years. I'm coming back in five years. And can I just say this to you? The Bible says that to the unbeliever, his return is going to be a surprise. To us as believers, it's not a surprise. Okay? You and I will not be surprised when he comes back. We'll know the time, the season. We won't know exactly the day or, the, or the, this year, but we're going to know. So imagine for a moment Jesus came back and he said, you've got five years to reach your Jerusalem. You've got five years. Church, this is your great commission. This is your commission to go and reach them. How are you going to do it in five years? You know what we do? We look at all these things and go, man, they've been tried for a hundred years in Camrose, hundreds of years in other places, and it still hasn't worked. So what are we going to do, guys? We have a five-year plan, a five-year goal, a five-year mission to reach our Jerusalem. We're not even talking about the Judea, the Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Why, if our Jerusalem is still pagan? And can I say this to you, okay? And I, and I say it very carefully. Do you know that during my time frame in cameras here, the Mormon church has moved in and has gotten stronger, not weaker? That's during my time here. During my time here, the VLTs came in a lot stronger and not weaker. During my period of time, the casino has come in, not, okay, way stronger, not not weaker. During my time here, darkness has increased and light has retreated. Holy smokes, we got a plethora, a plethora, and it ain't working. And can I just say this to you? If history repeats itself, is it possible if Jesus doesn't come back that we could go for another hundred years using these same things? Is it possible? You bet it is. This is the goal, guys. And it's not really that big of a goal. James Bond, here's your mission. If you choose to accept it, So I have a question for you. I have a question. Because the Great Commission is not something that was given to 12 disciples on a hill when Jesus lifted off and he said, you guys just go, the 12 of you, this isn't just for the two of you. He went, you go into the world, make disciples, release that commission over every person who believes, teach them to obey. The Great Commission has been transferred to you and me. Can I just say this first of all? If I have a belief that the Great Commission is not mine, but its wills, but it's not mine. I'm expecting Will to do it, but I'm not going to do it. What's going to happen? I'm going to live every day and be totally fine not doing it because I go, well, that's Will's job. Can I just tell you what subtly is embedded inside the minds of the majority of people in the church? Whose job does the church believe is the Great Commission? Whose job? My flippin' job. The majority of the church believes that in order to reach a city, to reach a people, to do whatever, it's my job. My job, not yours. So that mentality has set you free. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Have you ever heard somebody phone me and they say, hey, you got somebody at the hospital sick? And they go, would you go see them? I go, no, I'm not going to see them. Have you ever had me say to you, I'm not going to see them? And they go, you're the pastor. That's your job. Why aren't you going? I say, it's not my job. It's your job. My job is to empower you. My job is to encourage you. My job is to, to, to make it so that you are the one who could go and do what needs to happen there. Why are you turn it to me all the time? Why? There comes a time when I want the child to be able to feed themselves. Not, not pablum, but I want them to grab it and start feeding themselves and start growing up. Why does the parent have to keep doing that all the time? Some of you remember Brian Stiles when he was... Brian and Nancy Stiles when they went to church a number of years ago? Brian Stiles asked me at his at his installation at the church in Down South, Brian asked me to come and preach. The message the Lord gave me to the church is, Brian, when he comes here, is not going to do the work of ministry. Holy flip, you should have seen their faces. Who is this guy coming in here telling us that Brian, who's being called to the ministry, is not going to do the work of ministry? I said, it. Brian's call here is to train you, to teach you, and for you to do the work of ministry. Don't put it on him. His call is to train you and have you do that. I preached about that in Africa. Okay, guys. You know what? It's 1230. We're going to end here today. You okay with that? Even if you're not, that's okay. Because I don't want to rush the next part. I want to tell you where we're going. When we get back together, next time I preach on this, it'll be the next time I preach. The next time we're going to talk about... Uh, what has happened in our world where people see something successful and they continue to try and do it. We're going to talk about the whole mentality of you you march around Jericho seven times and the walls come down. Well, let's write a book. How do you win a city? Let's walk around seven times and the walls will come down. Really? We're going to talk about taking something that has become a practice and we just begin doing what other people have done instead of the principle going, God, what is it you want us to do? And we'll do that. Can I tell you? There's a reason why all of these things are not working and have not worked for 100 years. But we have to find that out. And I'll tell you this, if we don't find out, we're going to be part of the generation that later on they're going to look back and go, there was a church that was alive, there was a church that claimed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, And they did not do the two-word Great Commission. And the city went for another hundred years and they still weren't saved. Can you imagine on my epitaph, I don't believe that I'm going to die, but on my, what do they call that, stone? Gravestone, headstone, whatever. Can you imagine on the headstone they go, he pastored in Cameros for 25 years and he failed the goal. Could you imagine that? We're going to pick it up from here next time. You guys okay with that? You okay? I want you to begin praying into it. The two-word commission. The other thing I'd like you to begin praying about is God, would you begin to prepare my heart for what's going to come down the pike because either I'm going to be on my knees going, gee, wasn't that a wonderful service? Let's walk out the way we came in or else we're going to be, wow, that changed me, and I can't go back to the way I was before. Some of you will refuse to change. I know that. But some of you will never be the same again. If 12... Could turn the world upside right. How many do you think camerals needs? <laughs> Five? <laughs> Maybe one. Maybe one. Would you bow with me? Father, I do want to thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit. And I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have chosen to indwell every one of us who believe and that you are the one Holy Spirit will grant us understanding, give us wisdom, open up our minds and change our heart. I thank you for the Great Commission. I thank you for the call to go. But I also thank you that with every Jerusalem, you give the strategy in order to reach it We're needing that from you. Father, we do not want to be part of the generations that went through the motions and left it the same. We want to be part of the generation that changes our Jerusalem. And so I ask today that you would seal what was from you. Let the rest be forgotten. I ask you to begin to prepare our hearts for what's coming. I ask in these next week, in the next couple weeks, that you would begin to take your word privately and cause it to come alive. Lord, that we would come back into this with fresh revelation from you. And we declare we are teachable. We declare we are open to be changed. I declare to you what you already know. that The Lord has blessed you and he's keeping you. That the Lord has caused his face to shine on you and he has been gracious to you. I declare the Lord has lifted up his countenance upon you and he has packed you full of his peace. And I declare that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody believing it for themselves said, Amen.